0: You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. I invite you to turn in the Word. The book of Joshua in the Old Testament is where we're at for today. Uh, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, if you would go there, the Old Testament... And we'll look at that. As you're turning there, I just want to two things before we get there. One is say thank you to Milt for filling in and, and uh, doing a wonderful job last week of preaching from the Word. Um, I got to listen to it this week when I got back. I was encouraged. If you weren't here last week or you're listening to this online, uh, go back. We'll get. I don't think it's online quite yet, but we'll get it on in the next day or two and listen to that and be encouraged in that as as you we closed out 2017 and into the new year, so appreciate uh, Milt sharing last week. Uh, we've got up here a picture from, uh, this would have been, I think, probably two Sundays ago when Lincoln was here. He's not here today to see this, but family can tell him it was here. I, I get different sorts. Lincoln usually gives me something to read, and so I will read through it, and uh, And you can hear as our kids draw different pictures. This was... Uh, um, from here, he says, He came down to us. The Lord came down to us from heaven. Everyone is special to God. I've been reading the Bible and learning about the Lord's Son. I think that's the right word there. God came down for us because we were sinners. I'm trying to go on the right path. You are the one who came down for us. He loves us. L U F S. It's great. He loves us. Uh, please, oh Lord, please keep us away from Satan. Lincoln Grant Lining. So I appreciate pictures you kids turn in and show me what you're picking up from the sermon or from the service. Something that, that stood out to you. And I appreciate when you turn those in and I just pick a name out of the hat. And so, so this week was Lincoln. And trying not to have winners too much in a row, so we try to divvy that out. So you can tell Lincoln thank you for that. Well, as we get into Joshua 1, 1 through 1-9, I'm going to read it in a little bit. We're, for the next two weeks, we will eventually get back to Mark. We're going to get there. But I wanted to preach this, and then next week we'll be getting into perhaps a similar, you can see it's part one in your bulletin, to, to this title, Go Boldly. Um, if you're very uh, attentive, you will realize this is a sermon redone. This is the first sermon I ever preached as your pastor uh, here at Bethany you will probably uh, hear it again at some point. Not because it's the awesome sermon, it's the awesome Word of God. And so part of me wants to, a great way to kick off our 2018, at least the first thing we're with you in 2018, is to look at this and kind of reset again for the year. And we want to this week really look at who is this God that is with us and what this text has to say for us for, for going boldly in this new year. And then next year, really transitioning from us today, hopefully we're encouraged in the heart of who we serve and how He's with us. And then next week, it's taking that encouragement. You might use the word overflow, but letting that overflow to our friends, neighbors, those that do not know the Lord. And kind of a New Year challenge for us to go out and then preach, declare this gospel to others. So that's kind of where we're at in the next two weeks as we just look at this um, passage. So let me read Joshua 1, 1 through 1-9 for us this morning. God's Word says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, Wherever you go, let's pray again. Lord, great truths. No matter where we go, in Christ, you are with us. And that means at this very point and time in our walk with you and in our life. Lord, we pray that your spirit would illuminate your word, reveal what you want to say. And Father, that these ancient words, Lord, that you have preserved would speak to our very hearts again. Lord, where there's a command, where there's a direction that we need to make some movement and change and maybe repent of, would you guide us towards that? Where there's something we just need to believe about you that we've not been believing, we've been doubting, Lord, give us that belief, that trust in you again. So Lord, lead us through your passage for your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Many of you know before we came here to Lee, where we were at seminary and in, in a place called Sangre de Cristo Seminary out in the rural Colorado. But before that, we were in uh, the great state of Kansas, where it's probably a little warmer, but not much uh, these days. There was a gentleman before we left. He was an elder in the church where I served before we went to Colorado. There was a gentleman that before we left, kind of we had the, the whole budget truck loaded up, and I think we were going to go to Hannah's parents for a little bit and and eventually get uh, get to where we're going in Colorado. But going out the door, I think it was, I can just remember this screen door. Here's this gentleman named Don Henry standing there, and we're right at the door saying goodbye to this 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 one that encouraged us in the faith. Um, he says the words to us, Go Boldly, the title of this sermon. And uh, it's a great sermon title, I think, Go Boldly. But if we really think of this title and and his call for us, we're going to seminary and really going into ministry, go boldly. That might come with some questions for each of us in our lives as we go boldly. Uh, For me even personally, how do I launch into a ministry and stay bold? How do you minister to somebody or you're in a tough situation? How do you stay bold if we're to go boldly? Or for many of us, how do we face those difficult situations and just remain bold? Bold in the Lord. Even deeper, can we even do this life that God has called us to do? Can we do this? Yeah. Great, we'll go boldly. Many of us, we are known, maybe not so much for going boldly, but going quite weakly or feebly or fearfully as we go on. Maybe some of us have made some goals for 2018. I have some sort of New Year's resolutions but we're here on January 7th and you've already broken one of them or two or all of them, however many you made. I'm going to lose weight this year and I just had to have another cookie or wh- whatever it is. I was going to treat so-and-so this way and I've already failed. I was going to ex- actually, whatever it is, how do we go forward? It just like we just seem like we've we already, it's seven days in. We can't even, how are we going to do this? Uh I like what Paul Tripp has said in regards to parenting, and I'm going to apply it here, but he said this uh, in so many words. One of the first truths to grasp as a parent. This was great. You know, you're kind of you're hanging in there. Okay, what's the first thing? What do, I, how, what do I need to think about as a parent? He goes, your task as a parent is impossible. And I love that. What's the first thing to grasp? Grasp that what you are called to do is impossible. And if we're in tune with Scripture, we're first to acknowledge that without God's help, living our lives for His glory, as much as we want to sing today, even, Lord, for Your glory, I'm going to live for You, we recognize it's an impossible task with without His work in our lives. And so as we look to this passage today, this Joshua 1-9 through passage, I hope we're going to see some great reasons why we can go boldly pointed out here i don't realize we're in a different book here and so it's important to understand a little bit of background in the situation that we're in so the nation of israel here in the beginning of joshua they are on the verge of entering the promised land if i could draw a map for you in the sky right here the land of israel that god has promised them then there's the jordan the river jordan that kind of cuts it and here's israel kind of on the uh I got to look this way. Okay, they're on the east side, right? East side of the Jordan. They're going to head west into the promised land eventually, you know, go through Jericho and so forth to take over this promised land that they're going towards. This promise goes back some 600 years to the promise given to Abraham. From Genesis 15:7, it said there, the Lord said to him, "I am the Lord," he's talking to Abraham, "the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess." So Abraham was already kind of in the land here. to give you this land to possess? And then it goes on to say, On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your offspring I give this land. And then the Lord lists out the specifics of this land that He had given him. So Israel was, was there, but eventually a famine and through God's providence led them out of Israel through Joseph. And you can read about those stories near the end of Genesis, down to the land of Egypt where they stayed until the time of Moses. And remember, by the time of Moses, they were slaves in the land. God saved them out out of the land from famine. They're in Egypt. And then the new Pharaoh comes to power. He forgets, makes them slaves, so forth. Moses comes along. And then he leads them. Moses, through God, leads them in an exodus. So we've got Genesis. Then he leads them in an exodus through the Red Sea. On their way through the Red Sea up to this promised land where they were heading to god gave them the law the ten commandments book of leviticus as you read through that they wandered in the wilderness in the book of numbers deuteronomy moses preaches to them again and here in joshua they're finally ready they're on this side of the jordan this west side ready to cross over ready to enter in and that's where we find them in joshua So I want to give just an overall, and I think verses 1 through 5 here, if you're following in your notes, the overall picture of Joshua's commission to enter the land. Here's his commission to go into the land. I'm not going to reread through each of these verses, but just to highlight a few things as we march towards verse 6 here. But verse 1, we're introduced to who Joshua is, this son of, we could pronounce it noon, but none, you know, that's how I've always said it, Joshua the son of none. Doesn't mean he was a son of nothing, just son of, there's a name there. But who is Joshua? We're introduced to him. He's the successor, really, of Moses. He was an assistant to Moses. He ministered to him. Uh, Exodus tells us he was a warrior, fought with Amalek. He was up on the mountain with Moses. This is kind of his right-hand man. This is the the guy that's going to come behind. Moses is now dead, and, and Joshua is now coming behind to lead this people. And it's interesting here because we could pass over this, but verse 1, it says that the Lord said to Joshua, the Lord is speaking to His servant Joshua. How wonderful it would be. You ever wish you could go back? Man, if the Lord would just speak to me, I'd know what to do. If He just say something and, and we could all answer, He has, He has spoken, we have His Word before us. We can be encouraged. We're going to see more of that. As we go through, but here God is speaking to Joshua and then verse two, you've got really the the commission uh, to Joshua arise, Joshua, go over this Jordan, go over this river, you and this people go into this land. And there's a specific it's it's you, Joshua, it's this people go into the land that I am giving to you. That's a specific place God has called them to do. And then God speaks in verses 3-4, through that he's already given this land to them. Uh, Verse 3, every place, he tells Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. Now there's an interesting way of saying that here um, in the Hebrew where this was written. And it's a a way of saying, it's kind of that past tense. Do you see that? How God says, I have given it to you. Well, they're not in there yet. They don't have it yet. So how could this be? It's called a prophetic, perfect word. You don't have to remember that. But just to remember that, in other words, God, what God says about the future will happen. He says, I've given you this land. So God can speak in the past tense. I've already given it to you. I'm not worried about what's going to happen. This is a plan, and I've, I've got it. It's been given. There's great hope in that, that God. And then verse 4 This goes through and gives kind of the the boundaries again. Where is this land? Where are the boundaries of where they're going to be going into? And then you get to verse 5 and these wonderful words of comfort and peace for Joshua. No man shall stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. I mean, you're going to hear that just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I was with Moses. Joshua, be encouraged. I'm going to be with you as well. Think about this, though, in terms of just, I mean, the fear that we could think about if we think about Joshua's life. Here he's leading this group in. And you can think about, well, how many people? was this like a family, like 20 or 100? If We're looking at the book of Numbers. I believe it's saying the fighting fighting men were numbered at 600,000. That's enough to tremble as a leader of 600,000 people. But I think what it's even missing there, it's not counting the women and children. I've got to count them on, just like we do the the feeding of the 5,000 for Jesus. So 600,000, probably the warriors, the men who are old enough to fight, and you add on there women and children, the ESV study Bible uh, thinks perhaps around 2 million people. Here's this guy just taking over for Moses. They're on the verge of going in. He's got 2 million people to lead. And here's these words, Joshua. I'm with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. That's a pretty big task for Joshua. Quite encouragement from the Lord. So we have this broad idea that God has given this land to Joshua. He's going to be with them. And now we want to look kind of verses six through nine here. We want to look at three phrases God repeats. To Joshua, and what's behind each phrase? Because there's three of them, and as I read it, I think you hopefully picked up on that. These phrases, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Another way of translating courageous is bold. You could say, be strong and be bold. Or, Joshua, be strong and go boldly. You hear that in there. It's verse 6, you see it, verse 7, verse 9. And after each one, God, in a sense, he gives the reason. Joshua, be strong and courageous. And here's what I want you to do with that command. So be strong and be bold. Or here's why you can do this. And so I want us to see this hope. So number one, as we look at verse 6 here, let me read Joshua 1.6. Here's the first one. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. In other words... Go boldly remembering God uses people to accomplish his tasks. Go boldly remembering God uses people to accomplish his tasks. You see in here Joshua he's the one to lead or cause this people to inherit the land. And God uses these people to do his task. Now we recognize here God is sovereign he's over all things. He just we saw verse 3 he's given the land. He's already given it. And yet, how does he give it? He gives it through people that are walking in this Joshua leading into the land. And so he uses people to accomplish his task. We can apply this even to our life. What place, what specific place has God called you to? Maybe it's this town. This is your town. Leroy, this is where you live. You're on your street for a reason. Or you live in your on your acreage for a reason. You're from Adams or Teope or Spring Valley, all these places that God uses His people where they're at to accomplish His purposes. His purposes are to glorify Himself. We are put in these places to glorify Him. So we can acknowledge God, He's great, He's sovereign, He reigns over all things. And yet at the same time, He uses His people to accomplish His purposes. We're going to speak on that more next week as we go out with the message of the Gospel. But here we see Joshua, he can go boldly, as can we, because we're instruments in His hand. We're we're part of accomplishing His goals, His purposes. But in order to do that, we need to know what God's purposes are. What are His goals? So look at verses for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We can go boldly, Joshua, go boldly, being grounded in the Word of God. Be grounded in the Word of God, Joshua and people. Verse 7, God's Word brings success. Joshua was to be strong and bold in regards to doing all that the law, again, Genesis through Deuteronomy here, All that God had commanded them to do, you're to do it. Don't turn from the right or to the left. Follow the path of God here. And success would come as Joshua and the people as they boldly followed the Word of God. When success in your journey, follow my words, follow my commands, Joshua. Well, there was a problem. You remember that Israel went into the Promised Land. Their first victory that God gave them was over Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. The walls came tumbling down. God was before them. The people were trembling about they were coming. Remember, they saved Rahab, the prostitute. They had this great victory. But here was words, as they had this victory, here's what God had said, that from the spoil, from basically what they conquered, they were forbidden by God to take devoted things, things of this people group that they were coming into that were supposed to be destroyed. They weren't supposed to keep them. Here's what Deuteronomy had said. Chapter 7 had warned about this. The carved images of their gods you shall burn with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them or take it for yourselves, lest you be ensnared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. And you shall not bring an abominable thing into your house and become devoted to destruction like it. You shall utterly detest and abhor it, for it is devoted to destruction. So here they have this great victory at Jericho. But do you remember the guy, the one guy? His name was Achan that took the devoted things. He coveted the silver and gold. Joshua 7 later on in the book tells us he coveted this silver and gold of Jericho. It was supposed to be devoted to destruction, but he took it for his own. And in the very next battle... They battle at Ai, and they only send up, I think it's 3,000 men. They're like, well, we don't need everybody. Just send up 3,000. We'll defeat these guys. And they lost. Israel lost. their 2nd They're not even in the land. They made one battle, and the guy's he's already not following the commands of God. And they lose, and they repent, and they find out. I mean, Achan, you know, they're doing the lots. They find it out. It's Achan. They find his house. hes He's found out couple of things here for us from verses 7 through 8. Just directives here as we think about even just applying this this desire to follow the word of law, not be to part to the right or to the left. One is to be careful to do it. And again, we we must say here we need God's help to obey. We need his spirit in our hearts. Let me not go forward without saying that. But we what he's revealed to us, we ought to be careful to do it to live according to His Word. We don't have to wait like we talked about. We don't have to wait for an audible voice of God to hear what we're supposed to do. We have His very words in the Word, the Bible, before us. Here's what David Platt says in reference to God's will. How do I find, we can often think, how do we find God's will? Which direction am I supposed to go? How do I go there? He says this, He says, here's a dependable method for finding the will of God for your life. And maybe we go, pens up, ready. What's the method? How do we do it? He says, I call it the read your Bible method. And I love that. What do we need to know? Lord, which direction do I go? He says, read the Bible. Follow what God says to do. Trust in the Lord. He will make your path straight. Look to God's word for that. So be careful to do God's word, but that's going to involve time. Time in God's word. Look at verse, um, yeah, it's verse eight. You know, the book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, day and night. For some, this is replacing some meditation time, some time with other things, perhaps Facebook, TV. YouTube, what what a hole of lost <laughs> videos of trucks crashing places, right? Twitter, you surf the internet, whatever it is. Finding out how your favorite team is doing. It's not a worry for me anymore, but maybe for you. Uh, but in all this, I am distracted as much as anybody of time. And here the word says meditate on it day and night. It's not even that... Oh, I got my 10 minutes in this morning. I guess I'm fine for the day. Oh, we'd be a people. I'd be a pastor that looks to his word daily throughout the day. But the problem is meditation and time in God's Word is work. You've perhaps seen those photos, the perfect photos, right? Of the you've got the Bible on the coffee table and the cup of coffee's there. And somebody's just had their devotion and it looks like it was just this wonderful time and so you get your Bible out and you set your coffee and you go, all right, Lord, here we go. And you find yourself maybe dozing off or whatever it is. It's work. It's work to dive in and to open up. But it is the best work we can do this year is to be in His Word. Because His Word, not only to grow... Smarts that we can answer questions. Know that it leads us to the One whom this Word is all about to Christ in our lives. May you, may I, be students of His Word. Well, the result of following His Word here for Joshua, it is success. It is prospering in the Lord. I think what I want to point out, this is not a scheme somehow of God's Word To get more money. okay? We could read this. Well, that's how I get money. I just be in His Word. That's success. Or maybe prosperity according to what our culture says is prosperity. If I'm in His Word. No, I think it's something much greater. It's prosperous and successful in the things of the Lord that He's called you to do. Do you want us to be successful, prosperous? Find His Word. Be in His Word. Guided by it. By His Holy Spirit. Hear Him speak to us. So, we can go boldly because God uses people to accomplish His task. and go boldly being grounded in God's Word. And then we come, I think, the climax of why Joshua and we can be strong and courageous or strong and bold. And that's in verse 9. Let me read that again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In other words, don't fear. Look, there's a question there. Joshua, have I not commanded you? The answer, yes, I have commanded you. There's great comforting words here. Be strong, be courageous. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Or tr- do not tremble. Or one one version says, don't panic. Say, don't be terrified. But why? Why can we go boldly and not be afraid of what today holds or tomorrow? And it's caught in that little three-letter word after the comma. You have a comma there. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Comma, for. For tells us why. For why. For because of this it's going to tell us why it shows the cause here why because the lord your god is with you it literally reads this there's no is in there it just literally reads because with you lord your god or because with you jehovah your god what's missing in the hebrew is our two letter is and that's that's a verb right that's a is that an infinite verb or a finite Now I can't remember. It's one of those. You can correct me afterwards. In this account, verses 1 through 9, there's 43 verbs going on. You know, verbs of action. We're doing grammar now at school. Action, things that we do. So I ran to the store. I walked here. So forth. Those verbs. There's 43 of them throughout this. But in this one phrase, for the Lord your God, basically says, for the Lord your God with you. There's no verb. That's not an accident of the one writing this. I believe that's intentional. As you study Hebrew, and I had asked a professor, you know, when I first preached it, is this am I, am I on here? It's, yeah. In the Hebrew, when they leave out a verb, it's kind of like a, hey, where did that go? It's a it's an emphasis. It's saying, look at this. There's no verb, just look at. It. There's no verb in here. For the Lord your God is with you. That's how we can translate it. But it's with emphasis that your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua could take courage. He could go boldly because his God was with them. So what about us in 2018? Is God with us like He was with Joshua? If we've been given eyes to see and ears to hear, if we've put our trust in Christ and repented from our sin, then yes, God is with us as well. He is our God. But we might say, how do we know that? That's great. How do I apply this? Yeah, he was with Joshua, but how do I know? And perhaps you remember where we went from here. Come to the book of Matthew then. Turn to the book of Matthew chapter 1. And we just looked at this before Christmas, so it's fresh. And hopefully you've got the answer before you even see the words here. How do we know God will be with us? Matthew chapter 1, I'll read 21 through 23. Matthew 1, 21. Remember that angel talking to Joseph? Saying, take Mary as your wife. Verse 21, she will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Same idea here. Was he with Joshua? He would be with Joshua. He would be with his people. And he will be with us. You see, sin separates us from God. That's why he can't be with us. And we deserve, in our sin, our very own sin, not the sins of anybody else, in our sins, we we deserve eternal separation in a hellish place for how we have rebelled against God. But He's merciful. For no one deserves, no one born, no one deserves this God, this holy God that we'll talk about in a minute, to be with Him. But because of Christ, because of Jesus, we can be reconciled by trusting in Him for our forgiveness. In Christ, we're the children of God. And we can bank our life on the promise that we will live with Him forever. and We will worship Him forever who is to be our greatest delight. So for us in 2018, we can go boldly whatever stage we're in because God is with us. And when fear comes and it will come and doubt and panic, we can turn again to our Lord, to His Word that strengthens us, to His Son that forgives us and says, I can plead again, I can pray again because He has not left me or forsaken me. So for you who are in Christ, go boldly. If it's your job, and there's a struggle in your job, go boldly in your job because God is with you. If there's classes, you're taking classes, or you're a student here, go boldly in that class because God is with you. Maybe it's a family, or you just got together with some family and don't know how to press on. Or there's struggles, maybe immediately, maybe on the fringes. Go boldly. Maybe that hard relationship. Go boldly because God is with you as you're an instrument, as you follow His Word, as you trust in His Son. Perhaps today, the biggest need is one of salvation. And I would invite those that do not know Christ to come boldly to the cross, not because of any works, because of anything you've done, but all because of Christ's work on the cross where God saves you and will be with you forever. It's His presence. There's fullness of joy. Forever. That's where we want to be. He invites us through grace to come to him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are with us. I admit even preaching through this, I don't think we understand point one. Of what this means, that the God who created all things, who is of utter and infinite holiness through Christ is with us. Why do we fear? Because we battle with the flesh. So, Father, strengthen our eyes to see you, to see your greatness and to trust you. Strengthen our ears, open them up to where we've been hearing the world. We've been hearing our own doubts maybe those doubts of those around us, and we need to hear Your Word to press on, to go forward boldly in You. Lord, thank You for Your grace on us, us who on our own cannot follow Your Word one day without rebellion. Lord, You come alongside by Your Spirit, Your Comforter, and lead us. And so lead us, Lord, in this new year together and we find great comfort in You.